Hey gamers, this is Joe for What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 124 of the podcast that was originally recorded on July 31st of 2016. Some of the games I played for the week, my Pathfinder Adventure card game group continued the season of the Rune Lords, and so far we're having a great time with that. I played some Mask of Anubis, a little Arcadia quest, which has jumped to the top of my list, there's a little hint, some Sheep and Thief, and some Shop Heroes on my phone. Those are the games I played. I also talked about a few of the games I want to play, as well as a little bit about Gen Con coming up here. So enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 124 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Hey, as always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on our board game Geek Guild, which is guild number 2440. Just search for what I'm playing now. On Twitter, you can follow me at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump into some of the games I played for this past week. One of the first games I played, well, just today, let's say, was the Pathfinder Adventure card game. My group met up for the third time actually this month, since we're actually not going to be able to meet up next week due to Gen Con. And several of the people in our group actually are going to be attending Gen Gen Con. So we actually met up today to get in a couple of more scenarios, and we were actually good enough to finish the first adventure. So my group actually played through 2-1-E, Midwife Crisis. This was rather an interesting one because this was one where you actually had to defeat more goblins that were are just completely prevalent in this whole scenario. And then you had to roll the D6 like we had to do in a couple of other scenarios. And based on what we rolled, differing things could happen, let's just say. So this one actually wasn't that bad. This was actually a pretty straightforward kind of you know, nothing really out of the ordinary scenario uh, from what from what I can remember from earlier today. It was it was really fun. I'm actually really liking my Inquisitor quite a bit more than I was during the first couple of weeks. I'm starting to get more in tune with his abilities. I'm starting to learn how to chain things off, how to basically heal him and how to kind of keep him alive, which actually I almost didn't do in the second scenario that we played, which was 2-1-F, good with ketchup. This one was actually a little trickier because in this one, you're actually not there. There's no villain and there's no henchman in this one. You're building all of the locations. And on the fifth card down of the deck, what you're doing is you're putting the villain Black Fang there. Whenever you run into Black Fang, if there are still open locations, he's just going to go down another five cards. But whoever runs into him needs to make a Constitution and Fortitude check or they're dealt acid damage. And then you've got to roll a 1d6. And if you've actually removed cards from the deck, that are if there are cards left in the deck that are equal to or higher than what you or less than what you rolled, you can actually automatically close that location. So it was kind of interesting. We were able to close one location, I believe, that way with the D6. Other than that, we pretty much had to close all locations. And then once you get to the final location, Black Fang is put in there. He is significantly harder. I believe when we had to defeat him, or I actually had to defeat him, it was a he was six harder than originally. Than, than he originally is, which actually wasn't that bad. Everybody was able to throw in blessings. I think I even had a blessing. So we just kind of buried him in dice like we normally do. And 
the scenario one then was complete. Uh, I believe the second group that we have playing through this is finished with the first scenario as well. So we should all be starting the second scenario um, in a couple of weeks after Gen Con. And everybody from what I can tell so far is really enjoying season of the Rune Lords. I'm actually liking this much better than the than the last season that we did, which was the Wrath of the Righteous. So I'm hoping that the scenarios in two through six are just going to be as good as the, the way the first one finished up. My character seems to really be coming into his own, like I said, my Inquisitor. There was a little bit of time during that second scenario, the Good With Ketchup one, where I had a couple of real bad rolls two turns in a row, and I actually had gone through quite a bit of cards. I think I was down to two cards in my deck. And I was a little nervous. Our paladin was able to heal me. I was able to kill a couple of monsters, which let me get a couple of points back. And before I knew it, I was back up to six cards in my deck. And we were able to successfully finish it without me perishing, which I was very happy for. Because I really didn't want to have to go through what happens with a dead character and then replay through that scenario a whole nother time. So Season of the Rune Lords so far with Pathfinder Adventure card game for my group is going great. And we'll be hearing about that more probably in a couple of weeks after we meet together again. Again. All right, and then when I went down to my local game store on Thursday, we got in a few more games. One of the games we played was Mask of Anubis. I actually had talked about this game last week. There were four of us actually playing this time, whereas last time I think we were only playing with three. I don't think it made it any more difficult, but one of the things that we did after playing the first game, we kind of sat there or actually playing like one of the first person who had gone before the next person went we kind of sat there and we said we kind of tried to come up with some kind of like key words that we were trying to give to each other and i think making i think getting all of us on the same page as far as with what we were saying as far as what we tried to tell each other was where we were standing initially, what direction we were facing, and then kind of describe the area around us. So we tried to make sure that we weren't really moving around too much at the beginning. We tried to make sure that everybody was able to figure out where we were on the map. And we actually kind of came up with a little thing where we were trying to build out the area around the person that was talking rather than trying to do it directly onto the map. And then we were trying to move those pieces onto the map after that person was completed with their turn with what they had visually seen within the mask. We thought this might make it a little bit easier because there was one time where everybody kind of got a little confused with what was described. And I think I was the one doing the describing at that point in time. And they had put a kind of like a hallway pointing the wrong direction. And it almost made the map from what we could say was impossible. So when it came back around to my turn, I kind of shifted that around to where it actually was supposed to go. And then we were able to actually complete that. But Mask of Anubis is a really cool game. I'm hoping this kind of sees like a US release. Although with the app and pretty much everything besides the rules, you could probably pick up this game very easily from Japan and play it as I believe there are English rules out on BoardGameGeek. So Mask of Anubis, I had talked quite extensively about last week. This week, like I said, we played it again, and we enjoyed it just as much. And I have a feeling we're going to try to work through a couple of these dungeons, maybe each week until we maybe get to some of the more difficult dungeons where there are, I think, around seven turns that you're given to try to actually solve this, which is just seems kind of crazy because I think most of the dungeons we are working with, I believe, were only four-turn dungeons. So each of us got one basically look through the map to try to describe it. And with a couple of that we did, we were actually successful each time. So Mask of Anubis, a lot of fun. And if you can find a copy of this, even if it's in Japanese, definitely pick that one up. 
The next that game that we played was Arcadia Quest. I had been talking about wanting to do dungeon a dungeon crawl game like this and pick something up for my wife and I for quite a while. In the past, I believe on the podcast, I've talked about looking at Descent. I actually have Zombicide Black Plague, which is more of a co-op type thing. One of the reasons why I really didn't jump into Descent, even after the app was announced, I was really kind of kind of looking forward to jumping into descent because of the app but with the the co-op factor of the game and already having zombicide black plague i kind of held off and i was trying to find the game where we could do more kind of player versus player last week or a couple weeks ago i believe i had talked about crossmaster quest and while there is a little player versus player and that kind of screw over your neighbor I just didn't feel like that was the the dungeon crawl game I was looking for. And I will say that after playing Arcadia Quest, Arcadia Quest has now jumped to the top of my want to buy list. And I'm actually going to see if maybe I can pick this one up while I am out at Gen Con. I had a lot of fun playing this one. The characters that you actually get to control, the three characters you get to control were a lot of fun. They all have a lot of different abilities. So being able to do the differing things that you can with them and actually grow with them just is, which is really what I wanted to do, kind of like what you can do in Zombicide Black Plague, where you can grow your characters between the different sessions and actually make them stronger by playing each different adventure and see them see them actually just just basically become stronger and be able to be able to fight more things and that looks like a really interesting component to this game also the miniatures we played with my buddy eric we played with his set so he had his set pre-painted which i know mine will never be painted so mine aren't ever going to look that cool but i'm just gonna have to live with that and unless my wife wants to sit here and paint him which i know she doesn't because she said she she doesn't really want to paint miniatures and i had i've already had this discussion with her and i've tried to maybe convince her that this would be something fun for her to do maybe in her downtime but she kind of shook her head and said nope she's not interested in doing that so i don't think i'm going to have any time to do any painting of any of the miniatures we'll say for blood rage or any of the other games we have like zombicide black plague where we have a lot of miniatures in there but we're just going to be playing with gray plastic characters probably which is quite sad but um arcadia quest i had a hell of a good time with uh kyle actually took us through the game we played through the first scenario we actually wrote down all of our stats we may try to get in a game of this maybe every thursday when we go down there we'll have to see what other types of games are brought down there by people but i wouldn't mind actually seeing where we can go with this game but i have a feeling this is a game my wife would really enjoy so I'm not too sure how long we're going to be doing the scenarios down at the store, but I definitely would like to get some scenarios completed at home with my wife because, like I said, I think this is a game that we both would really enjoy. One of the other games we played was a little game called Sheep and Thief. This is another Japanese game that Eric had brought down there. Uh, This one is kind of like a tile placement game where you're placing... You're doing like a draft of cards at the beginning of the turn. After that, you're going to be playing one card each turn. The cards that you place could have possibly a thief, a sheep. Um, There's also roads and waterways on them, kind of like rivers. You're trying to... Any, any type of waterway that you place, any type of river t- card has to match. So the tiles kind of have to go together. So that was one component that I found was really tricky because one of the water pieces I had played early on in the game, I really just couldn't get a match to in my draft. So I was trying to just stay away from that side of my kind of like tableau, kind of like my little board that was in front of me that I was building my little world on and the pathway. So I tried to make a pathway from 
one of the cities down to another city and you'll actually get different points from that so there's a city in each of the four locations on the table that you have in front of you if you can actually connect those cities you'll get additional points at the end of the game which i was able to do you also get additional points for however many sheep that you have and you'll get sheep by playing the cards there could be the cards will contain possibly just a just a blank card which will just have either a water or a roadway on it or it could have some sheep on there or it could have a little a little building on there which is like a city which is a safe place for your sheep and then it can also have thieves on there so however many oh and sheepdogs sheepdogs were the other things that could be on the card so if you play a card that has two sheep on there you actually get two little fuzzy ball white sheep from the bag and get to put them onto that tile if you play a card with one or more sheepdogs however many you play you will get to move your sheep that many spaces so if you play a card that has two sheepdogs on there you can move maybe two of your sheep one space and what you're trying to do is you're trying to maybe move your sheep to one of the city city cards that you have there which is where they're safe if you play a thief card and it could have one or two thieves on there you then get to move the thief tile that everybody has at the same place on their board so since you're all building your tableau kind of in front of you differently the thief moving him around could get very interesting because on your board you could be moving him to a blank space whereas somebody else's board and you're going to want to be looking at your opponent's boards and what their tableaus look like you may want to move the thief on top of an area where they're, they have sheep there. If you do that, you then get to put the sheep in your pen, and then you'll get to score those points at the end of the game. I think there's three rounds that you play through in this game. It's a really, really simple kind of game, but it was a hell of a lot of fun with uh, with the four of us that were playing. It was a really good time. It was... It was kind of hectic at first because we were trying to just understand what we were doing. And then after we kind of went through the first time and I kind of got an understanding of how the tiles placement went and how the boards worked. And like I said, the water was probably the most confusing part because you were having to try to match that up. And if you just didn't get a water card in the draft that you could, you really couldn't place a card next to one of the rivers that you already had placed down. So the paths worked all different ways on the cards and just zigzagged in all different directions. It was a really fun game, Sheep and Thief, if you can actually find this game. It's one of it's a light filler game, I would definitely say, but I would I would definitely say that this is one that I would add to my collection as it was a lot of fun. And then I also played a little bit of Shop Heroes this past week. That was the game I had actually started playing last week on my phone, which was a little game where you're basically just trying to build up an inventory of shop components for different role-playing characters, send them out in adventures, and trying to see if you can just make them stronger, build your shop up so you can build more components and differing components. I still haven't been able to expand my shop too much in that I would like to add some of the armor working and maybe leather working in there, but I just don't have the room. I don't have the gold. And this is just one of the games that you kind of just need to keep on playing until you accumulate a bunch of items or you just pay a bunch of money into. And I am not doing that. So as opposed to last week where I played this and was kind of sucked into it real quickly because I had quite a bit of the blue diamonds to spend. I still have quite a few blue diamonds, but I'm trying to just not spend them all. But everything that I want is just such a large amount of these blue diamonds that um, I really haven't been playing it that much anymore. So I have a feeling this game is going to just kind of fall by the wayside for me and just really not get played much anymore. So we'll see how long I'm still playing that. I might play it for a little bit more, just visit it every now and then, but it's not something that I'm actually playing for a couple of days straight like I did last weekend. So that's it for the games I played for this past week. Let's jump into a few of the games that I would like to play. I have not really made my list 
for Gen Con yet. And I, I kind of need to get to that because Gen Con is actually a couple of days away. And I do have an idea of a lot of the games that I want to see. And there's several games that I do want to demo. There are several games that I would kind of like to demo, but I do have them ordered. Like Seafall is one game that I wouldn't mind actually trying, but I do have Seafall ordered um, from the distributor. So I think I'm going to kind of hold off on actually getting any spoilers for that game. So I'm probably going to try to stay away from Seafall, but there are several other games that I would like to try, but there's a couple of games that I noticed that I really wanted to talk about before I got into all my Gen Con stuff. And one of the games I actually picked up this Friday, and I feel like I'm just a little late to the party on this, but I guess being late to the party is better than never showing up. And that's a little board game from Splatter called Food Chain Magnate. My local game store was finally able to get me in a copy, which I was hoping they would have been able to do maybe about six months ago when I had first really started being interested in this one. But it doesn't seem like anybody at my local game store had ever brought in their copy, and I'm not even too sure who has a local copy of the game. But Food Chain Magnate has jumped to the top of my What I Want to playlist. Since I now have my own copy, I sat here and sleeved my 330-some cards the other day, so all my cards are sleeved and in a very nice deck box. I do need to still punch out all of the components and read through the rules, figure it out, and then try to get it to the table down at my local game store. But I know that since this is a nice heavy Euro game, there are quite a few people who are more than willing to sit down and play with me, so I have a feeling this game will be getting some much-needed talk about on the podcast here that I've been waiting for for the past good six months or so. So Food Chain Magnate is one that, if you're actually interested in, I'll hopefully be able to be talking about this within the next couple of podcasts, and then probably for several more after that as we continue our playthrough of that one. There was also some mentioning on Board Game Geek of Doom the board game being released. Um, I am a you know, a fairly decent fan of Doom. I've played most of them. I actually haven't played the more more recent one that was actually just released a couple of months ago on PCs and on the consoles. But Doom the board game, I know there was a release of the game back in 2004. This game is actually supposed to be very different from that. While there are some components that have been carried over, it sounds like the whole gameplay has been completely redone. So I'm expecting to just go through a whole different experience with the game and I've actually never played the original one from 2004 so I actually wouldn't mind giving this game a shot to see what the second one is and then as I was looking through Board Game Geek I noticed that they had a post about Ascension VR this one actually sounds kind of interesting this is Ascension the card game but kind of like in a virtual reality form so I'm not really too sure where they're going with this card game or what's all going to be needed to play it. I do like the digital version of Ascension. I have played that quite a bit. I've talked about that on the podcast before. So Ascension VR is one that I'm I'm definitely kind of looking forward to playing and one that I think should be kind of interesting. So that is it. That is the games that I played for the week as well as the games that I want to play. So as always... Send me some email. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us on Board Game Geek for our guild, guild number 2440, where we're having some conversations about the games we're playing. You can join us there on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what i'm playing now podcast and then as always our twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what i'm playing now all right everybody next week i will be back with some 
talk about Gen Con, I actually have a audio recorder that I have purchased and obtained, and I'm hoping to maybe get a few interviews in while I'm out there. So hopefully I can come back with a few good interviews from there and have a really good podcast of what I saw while I was out there, maybe a few of the things I played while I was out there, and we'll see what else I'm able to talk about from out there at Gen Con 2016. So until next week, everybody go out, play some games, and don't forget to let me know what you're playing now. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. 